Scythe recognized the blubbering voice crying out from down the alley. Iger was ten, two years older than Scythe herself, but he still sounded like a baby when he was scared. She couldn't hear what insult was said in reply to Iger's plea, but she recognized Peter's mocking laughter. And wherever Peter went, Bander and Corbin were sure to follow. Methodist didn't like it when she got into fights. He always said it was better to walk away. But three against one wasn't fair, even if the one was a full year older than any of his tormentors. Methodus had told her to hurry back. He needed several of the items on the crumpled ingredient list clutched in Scythe's grimy fist for a patient who was coming back this afternoon. And she didn't even like Iger. Not really. He was too fat to climb or play tag or duck and cover. He was too clumsy to play toss rocks. And he cried if he fell down or stubbed his toe or scraped his knees. But it was three against one. And Scythe hated Pater. Please don't make me, came Iger's pitiful cry from the alley just ahead. You better eat up, butter boy, Peter snapped back. Your islander girlfriend isn't here to save you this time. Scythe flew down the alley like the harsh wind of vengeance, the list of ingredients fluttering forgotten to the dirty street in her furious wake. I'm not his girlfriend, she screamed as she came hurtling around the corner. Iger lay flat on his back in the dust of the empty street. Peter was sitting astride the other boy's ample belly, pinning him down. Dozens of inch-long maggots snatched from one of the bait shops by the dock crawled blindly over one another in a small pile on the ground beside them. Peter held one of the wriggling worms pinched between his thumb and forefinger, dangling it over Iger's plump, tear-streaked face. Bander and Corbin were standing safely off to the side, watching as their ringleader tortured his latest victim. At least, they were until they caught sight of Scythe barreling onto the scene. With a startled cry, both boys turned and fled before her charge. They'd learned long ago not to tangle with the slight but savage waif being raised by the local healer. Peter tried to rise to his feet, too, perhaps to join his companions in flight, perhaps to do battle with Scythe once again. However, His intentions were never given a chance to crystallize, as Scythe launched herself feet first into his back. The impact knocked him sprawling off Iger and onto the hard-packed earth of the street, where he landed face down. Before he could get up, Scythe jumped on her prone opponent again, her knees connecting between his shoulders. The painful grunt of air escaping Peter's lungs was drowned out, as Scythe punctuated her landing with another cry of, I'm not his girlfriend! She threw herself down across Peter's back and wrapped a wiry arm under the older boy's chin in a fierce chokehold. With her other hand, she reached around and hooked her index finger into one of his nostrils, bending his head back and up. Iger still lay on his back, gasping for breath and sobbing in fear, though his cries were now drowned out by Peter's shrieks of pain. He bucked and thrashed beneath her, but Scythe wasn't about to let him break free so easily. In past fights, the pair had exchanged fat lips, black eyes, and bloody noses. She'd bitten him hard enough to break the skin on more than one occasion. One time, she'd actually cracked his knuckle when she had him in a finger lock. And another time, she'd cut open a four-inch gash on his forehead with a rock thrown from a dozen feet away. But this time, she was really going to teach Peter a lesson. Without releasing her chokehold or her grip on his nostril, She cast her head about from side to side. 
The maggots were still squirming in the dust a few feet away. All the better. Pater would have to eat them from the dirt. But before Scythe could maneuver her victim into position to begin his forced feast, she felt a pair of large, rough hands wrap themselves around her waist and yank her off. She screamed and tried to kick whoever was holding her, but the man was too strong and too careful to let her land a solid blow, and she couldn't break free. Iger and Pater were still both on the ground, staring up in terror at whoever had grabbed her. Get out of here, you little bastards. The stranger spat in a rasping voice. His breath smelled like the stuff Methodists used to burn infection from a raw wound, and there was another smell on him.